The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Friday, October 26th. I'm Josh Dunn. I am joined this evening by Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer. It's our Friday edition. Anshu, how you feeling? I am doing awesome. How are you tonight, Josh? I'm feeling excellent. Dan Bauer out in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I've got, I'd love to hear how you're doing as well. Looking forward to a big weekend, Josh. Yes, a big weekend ahead. Big weekend of football. But before we get to football, let's talk some baseball. The World Series is well underway. The Boston Red Sox are out to a 2 nothing lead against the Dodgers. They win 4-2 to two in Wednesday's game to take a 2-0 lead, and again, this Red Sox offense continues to impress us. Uh, Anshu, I mean, we talked about this the other day on Wednesday's show, uh, you know, that, that the Red Sox offense is going to be something that's going to be hard to keep at bay, but it's going to be difficult for this Dodgers team to come back and make a series out of this at this point. Obviously, they'll go back home. That's what they need, but do you see the Dodgers kind of pulling back within, uh, you know, within striking distance in this series? I mean, I think I think they have a good shot at game three, you change the leagues. You, you know, you steal that extra batter back, which has definitely hurt them so far. Uh, but, you know, like if you're not scoring a bunch of runs and David Price is going the kind of game has the kind of game that he had. I mean, it's really difficult to picture them getting over the six innings, two runs, five K's ever since he just was maligned early in that Astros series. He has completely turned it around and changed the narrative of his entire career really when you think about David Price um, you know the one thing that was missing was kind of that postseason success and now he's gotten it in the last two games and uh, uh, it's just it's going to be really tough I, I think something like 80 81 82 percent of teams that have gone up 2-0 end up winning their series so it's going to take you know the Dodgers best shot and they're a really talented team they could do it but you know with Kershaw already gone it's, it's just it's going to be tough for them to pull this off. Yeah, and Dan, if there's a game that they're going to win, this should be the one. They've got Walker Bueller on the mound, who's looked pretty pretty solid here in this postseason. The Boston's going to put Rick Porcello on the mound. Uh, do you think the Dodgers could at least get one here in game three to kind of make a series out of it? Or do you think Boston's just going to continue with their offensive out, outburst and, and really run away with this series, maybe win it in four or five? Yeah, I still say Boston wins this thing in, in five. Uh, I'm keeping that prediction strong, like you mentioned. Walker Buehler going for the Dodgers. I mean, the rookie has been a little Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde uh, this postseason. Mostly Jekyll, Jekyll the good one. Most, mostly, mostly the good one. Uh, you know, but it's it's all a matter of uh, which one of them shows up. I mean, he gave up four against Milwaukee in one start and, and only one against him in another. So uh, you got to hope that the uh, the better version of him. I mean, the, the nerves have got to be there. It's a rookie starting in a World Series game. Uh, against a veteran in Rick Porcello, who in theory is going to be a lot more calmed down. I mean, he has that uh, that big game experience. So I think 
as crazy as it is that uh, I think the Red Sox get another win here and you know maybe they slip up uh, in game four but again I say Red Sox in five at most. So, Dan, what do you think about this Dodgers team going forward if your prediction and Anshu's prediction is correct and the Dodgers don't end up pulling this thing out? What, what does this do for this franchise? Obviously, you know, you talk about some of the additions they've made that could potentially not be on this roster next year. Uh, they still have Clayton Kershaw. They still have a solid starting pitching staff. But do you think that this team can continue to sustain the success that they've had in recent memory uh, if they're not able to win this World Series? Yeah, I mean, I think this team, and we've seen it over the past four or five years, I mean, this team is is built to last. Uh, they have a lot of very talented young players. I mean, the core of that team is still sticking around. So uh, I, I don't think it's going anywhere, whether you can re-sign Machado or not, obviously, is a big, big question mark. But I think, you know, if you're Machado, I think it, it makes just as much sense to stay there as anywhere. So uh, I think I think we talked a little bit about it when he originally went there, that this was a place that he could at least, um, you know, kind of see himself there long term. And it's a place that he could, uh, you know, logically resign to. So I don't think this seems going anywhere. They just there, there's something missing that. They just never seem to be able to put it together. Uh, I don't know if it's a key veteran piece or just someone who's been there before to, to kind of quote unquote show them the way. But uh, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that with the young talent that they have that they don't stick around for years to come. Yeah, and Anshu Machado is the big name. Obviously, Dan mentioned it. Do you see Machado? I mean, this is a guy here for us Chicago White Sox fans that we'd love to have seen in Chicago, obviously. Uh, do you think that he's seen enough from his short time here with L.A. to keep him there in the offseason and sign a long-term deal? Uh, I mean, the rumors are out there that he is not going to re-sign there for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't. I think that he's destined for New York. I think he's going to be a Yankee. Um, obviously the Cubs are going to be heard from, there are going to be some big spenders out there ready to pay for Machado. And it sounds like Machado has rubbed that franchise the wrong way over his short time there. Although he's hitting the snot out of the ball, as they say here down the stretch. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that he's put a very good, uh, face down for, for the Dodgers. And, you know, they bring back Corey Seager next year. They've obviously re-signed Justin Turner recently. They're just a, isn't really place for Machado unless they trade Seager. I'm not sure he's a better player than Seager, honestly, when you think of the whole package as far as, you know, the, the, you know, the, the way they want to play the versatility um, and, you know, the kind of players that, that they try to, Franz Zahidi and those guys have tried to, to put around Dave Roberts. Um, you know, I just, I don't think he's long for there. I mean, look, Machado's awesome. Let's make it clear. He's 26. He's going to be 26 and a half by the time next season rolls around. He's he's going to be worth every bit of what he's earned, uh, what he has earned, what he will earn. Um, but uh, I, I'm not sure I would really want him if I'm a White Sox fan. Like, I mean, I, for what he's going to be paid, you got to think that they've got one shot at a guy. I don't know that I would want that one shot to be on Machado. Yeah, and they were successful before they brought him in. You know, let's not forget that. Obviously, he was a great piece to add, but, you know, they'd love to keep him, but he's going to have a lot of options this offseason, and uh, we'll see where he ends up. But there's still a World Series here being played. We're obviously, you know, in, in, in a little bit of a, 
you know, it's obviously a little bit lopsided when you look toward the, the future of this series with Boston up to nothing and the way they're hitting the ball. But, you know, Dodge, the Dodgers, this Dodgers team, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a run, but hopefully they do just for the sake of entertainment. Uh, yeah. But we'll keep an eye on the World Series. We'll talk more about it in future shows. But let's get to the meat of this show. This is our Friday show. This is where we talk football. So let's do it. We had the Thursday night game tonight. Uh, the Texans ran away with this one. The Dolphins were able to keep it close for a little while, but uh, Brock Osweiler not really able to get it done. Obviously, Danny Amendola throwing a touchdown in this game, but Deshaun Watson, even though he's been fighting through some injuries, has looked excellent in this game on shoe. So tell me a little bit about what you saw from Watson here. Obviously, Hopkins comes on late in this game. Uh, the Texans are on a bit of a roll here. This is going to be their fifth straight win. Uh, they're, they're starting to make some noise in this AFC. Yeah, they're really rounding into form, especially in the second half. Like you said, Deshaun Watson just throwing touchdowns left and right, five touchdowns tonight, almost had another one rushing. I mean, and he's, although I think he ended up passing for one in that drive, but, you know, he's he's just looked really sharp inside the red zone especially, and uh, this Dolphins team looks totally checked out. Um, yeah, I mean, he could throw for another one here down the stretch too if, uh, if things continue to go the way they have. So, I like, uh, I mean, I like the way the Houston Texans look. You look at that division and the way that it, those teams have kind of come back to earth. I mean, the Jaguars are a disaster. Um, they, who knows who will be playing quarterback for them next week. Tennessee, I no idea what's going on with my boy Mariota. Like his fingers are constantly numb and he can't throw the ball. His elbows messed up. Corey Davis is nowhere to be found. Uh, you know, their defense has played well, but they have been, speaking of Jekyll and Hyde, it's just the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team this season. And then, you know, you've got the Colts who just dug themselves a huge hole, even though Andrew Luck is quietly, I think, second in touchdown passes this year So to Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, some it, it really does feel like the Texans' division to lose and the way their defense is playing and the way they play at home in particular, they're a tough team to beat. Yeah, and Dan, we've talked about this Dolphins team for a while being pretenders. Is it safe to say now that we could put it to bed that the Dolphins are not a playoff team? that they're not for real, that they don't have the playmakers. Obviously, they're fighting through some receivers, especially at the receiver, uh, some injuries at the receiver position, I should say. But uh, this team just does not look like they're one to be reckoned with come playoff time. Yeah, to me, they look like one of the absolute worst 500, about to be 500 teams halfway through a season that I can remember in a long time. Uh, absolutely pretenders. When you look at who you're going to have to compete with for a wild card spot, uh, you know, assuming New England runs away with that division by season's end, but you're going to have to compete with whoever is the loser of Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Baltimore out of that division. Yes, I'll probably count my Browns out of it, uh, so we'll save that joke. Um, you're going to have to compete with that. <laughs> uh, if if either, and assuming either the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Tennessee Titans figure their stuff out um, at some point during the year, you're going to have to compete with them. So, no, I just don't think there's a reasonable spot. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville, Tennessee are both three or four. If one of them gets a win, uh, they're they're even with Miami and clearly trending in a better direction uh, or a somewhat better direction than Miami is. Speaking of pretenders, we've got a big one in London. So the Eagles will take on the Jaguars. Uh, Philadelphia's favored to win this game. Both teams three and four. We've got the defending Super Bowl champions and the team that lost in the AFC championship. So, Dan, I've got to hear – Obviously, these are the class of the AFC and the NFC last year, really, and, and both teams look subpar. Uh, who do you think comes out on top in this one? Obviously, Blake Portals is on a short lease, leash. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we've got Carson Wentz fighting through some injuries. Uh, where do you see this game shaking out when you look at Jaguars-Eagles? I mean, you just can't imagine that the Eagles don't win, right? I mean, we you mentioned what we just talked about. 
that contender pretender theme all year. I mean, Jacksonville lose getting blown out by the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, very logically getting beat by the Chiefs, um, and uh, struggled against the Titans a few weeks back before that. I mean, there's just no way that this team is is anywhere close at to being able to beat this Eagles team. Although, you know, after a, a flight to London, who knows what really happens there. But, um, I mean, this Eagles team, a bunch of tough losses, a bunch of close games. I mean, they've been in it with everybody. Um, Titan, or, uh, Titans, Vikings, uh, Giants, Panthers. I mean, all those games outside of the Giants game, um, all those losses were two or three point, four, two, three, four point losses. So um, this team is just in such a better position and just hasn't really been able to put all the pieces together. But I fully expect uh, Philadelphia to win this one by, um, by a touchdown or so. I'm going to agree with you this week, but Anshu, let's move on to the 12 o'clock games. Let's touch on a couple of these. We've got some good ones. The Ravens-Panthers games, one that sticks out to me. Obviously, the Ravens lose on a mixed, missed extra point last week, which would have given them an opportunity to tie that game against the Saints. Uh, they go to Carolina in this game, and the Ravens really need one to stay in the thick of things in the AFC North. Obviously, they're tied with the Bengals. Bengals have the head-to-head, but the Steelers have moved into first on their bye. So who do you see winning this one? The Panthers have won some close games, uh, but they're in, in a good position in that NFC South. Yeah, the Panthers coming off the deck last week after a, a pretty rough start, down 17 nothing through three quarters against the Eagles, come roaring back to win that game 20-17. to uh, You know, I, I like the Ravens. I think they're a better team. You know, they, they've got a lot of versatility to themselves. They can, you know, they can throw the deep ball this year. They can run. They can, you know, and their defense is probably the only one you can actually bank on this year in the NFL consistently. So I like Baltimore. I think they're a better team. I mean, the Panthers are undefeated at home, but I just I think the Ravens are going to win this one. Yeah. And interestingly enough, they're two and a half point favorites on the road. You don't see that too often with two yeah. teams with such similar records. Dan, I've got to give you an opportunity to talk about your brownies uh they've lost so many close games four overtime games this year they've been in uh they go to the Steelers who they went to overtime with and tied earlier in the season Pittsburgh huge favorites in this one Le'Veon Bell won't be there but what do you think uh, is going to happen here in this uh, uh big rivalry yeah and you mentioned it, eight and a half is an absurd line for this game I mean I I don't really have any belief that the Browns are going to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh but eight and a half is uh, an absolutely ridiculous line so if there's any can i make this my lock of the week just not for the browns to win but at least at least to cover in this one i mean obviously they tied him oh wow tied him week one uh tied him week one but this is this is a team that the internal struggles are starting to to really i think show themselves i mean the the hugh versus baker versus haley uh, you know at some point i'm just worried this thing's going to come off the rails i just hope it doesn't in Pittsburgh. I like it. I mean, your lock of the week last week didn't fare so well. I think it was your Browns. Um, but I like that you're going the opposite direction here. So I like the theme, though. Let's stick with lock of the week, Anshu. So we've got a couple games here uh, in this 12 o'clock slot that are, uh, you know, big games when you look at where teams are going to end up and, and who's going to remain a contender. So you've got the Bears hosting the Jets. Seahawks go on the road to take on the Lions. Both of those teams are 3-3. Three and three. Buccaneers at 3-3 three and three go to the Bengals. Bengals three and a half point favorites, but let's look at the lines here. So Bengals three and a half point favorites, Lions three point favorites, and Bears seven and a half point favorites. I guess we could throw the Broncos Chiefs in there, but the Chiefs are ten point favorites. Where do you see these games shaking up, and who do you think is the lock out of those four? 
Oh man, I well, I think the Broncos are uh, just the the Walking Dead. I know that they cut, they win that game on Thursday night, blow out the Cardinals, but I think that if they lose this, it's all over. They they ship Demarius Thomas out of town. They probably try to find a taker for Manuel Sanders and some others. Pretty much everyone but Von Miller is, I'm guessing, on the block in Cortland Sutton. But uh, yeah, I like the Chiefs to come home and just blow the doors off those Broncos. Um, you know, I. I that Giants uh, skins game is interesting. The Giants are one point favorite despite being one and six. I think that's very interesting, and I actually like the Giants. I think that they're going to win that game at home. Um, I wouldn't go lock of the week there, but you know, Bears Jets. Uh, Khalil Max not the same player right now. The Jets are going to be playing with like a shell version of their their skill position guys. You know, Bilal Powell likely out for the season. I you know they're going to be and they're going to have tough a tough deal with their receivers also and in without again so i i I like the bears to win but i think the jets can cover that um Bengals bucks if that game's three i i hammer the Bengals, and in fact i would still say that they're a very good bet at three and a half that's basically assuming that line assumes that the Bengals and buccaneers are essentially the same team which that's a that's ridiculous. I I would in fact i'm gonna make that my lock of the week there it's cincinnati minus three and a half that's a that's just absurd. That's ridiculous. Honestly, you're saying the Bengals are a half point better than the Bucks on a neutral site. That's crazy. Lions Seahawks Detroit by three. That's exactly what it should be. I still probably like the Lions, although the Seahawks coming off the buy are an interesting group there too. But I like the Bengals lock of the week of those teams, those games. Sorry. So Josh. Dan, aren't you just uh, gave the Bengals uh, his his blessing and he did it last week and they got smoked 45 to 10. Uh, who Steve, do you see as Steve your... <laughs> is so mad at me about that. Uh, Steve, I'm sorry. I know you're listening. Honestly, it's probably the reason that they lost by so much is because you <laughs> picked it. Uh, but Absolutely. Dan, who do you think is the underdog here that can pull one out? Oh, for sure. Oh, wow. Sure, underdog sports. For sure. The Redskins. I, I think this, I completely disagree with Oxford. Our words. The Giants could win this. So, I mean, the, the R words are, are hot. I mean, they have two big wins, Cowboys, Panthers, the past couple weeks. I mean, this team is playing extremely well. So I think uh, I think I'm gonna go with the Redskins as my uh, my upset of the week. And you know, it's it's barely an upset, but uh, I think Alex Smith can uh, can take them to the promised land here against the Giants. All right, so let's move. We've got a few three o'clock games, and obviously the Sunday night game we want to touch on. Aren't you? I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about your Packers but let's give Dan a shot here with the late games we've got Colts at Raiders Indy's favored by three on the road there the Rams nine and a half point favorites at home over on choose pack uh the Niners are actually favored on the road against the Cardinals Cardinals have been atrocious but both of those teams one and six and then Saints Vikings Minnesota the one point favorite at home against the Saints that's an interesting game uh Dan who do you think here has the edge and who who would you put as uh the one to kind of take this home uh well unfortunately for Anshu's Packers, I think uh, this Rams team is is the lock to to win it. They just they're playing so well. I don't think anybody can stop them. I think nine and a half is absurd. So uh, I was gonna say, you think they cover yeah, that? Geez, though? So yeah. I think just straight up, they, they win that. But I think uh, I think the Packers will keep it close. Never bet against Aaron Rodgers uh, is my philosophy on that one. And I got a green sweatshirt on now, so I'll uh, I'll keep going with that. Oh boy. So I'll, very, I'll say pa- very relatable. I'll say Packers <laughs> Packers to cover. Uh, but the game I'm really excited for Vikings Saints. I have a weird feeling that the Vikings are gonna figure themselves out uh, this week, and I actually think the Vikings. I, I know they're technically one point favorites, but I feel like that's I think that's a, a, an offline. I mean, I think the Saints have 
shown they're a better team so far this year. Uh, but I think the the Vikings can can really do something here. All right, Anchu, let's hear it. It's your pack. I know you don't like talking about your team, but they have an opportunity to be the first team to beat this Los Angeles Rams team. Do you think they could pull it off? Obviously, they've got a lot of their receiving core back. It sounds like Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb both are going to be able to play this weekend. They're going to be with a full stable of receivers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to be happy about that. But this Rams team, I mean, they're tough to stop. That offense has been just knifing through people. Uh, Do you think this Packers defense can kind of figure things out? Do you think this is going to be a shootout? Well, I'm sure everyone is waiting with bated breath for my opinion on the Packers, which I will tell them after this break. And this is just a reminder that this episode of The Leftovers is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is going to give you some extra performance in the bedroom. This is something that I use myself. I know Anchu and Dan use it on the regular. Uh, the Blue Chew is something that now is cheaper than the regular Viagra Cialis that you guys are used to. Uh, I know we don't like to talk about ED, but uh, this is something that will help you. You can order it online, and you could use the code LEFTOVERS. That's L-E-F-T-O-V-E-R-S. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping for your first order. That's free when you use the promo code LEFTOVERS. Again, that's L-E-F-T-O-V-E-R-S, and that's Blue Chew. B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code leftovers. Back to the show. And everybody was waiting very patiently, and that was very professional. I got I got to say, Anchi, you nailed it, and uh, now I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about the Packers. Well, the Packers suck, so no, I think that, <laughs> uh, you know, I – Aaron Rodgers has never been this big of an underdog in his entire career. He's never had more than an eight-point spread, and they are now nine-and-a-half or ten-point spread uh, underdogs, depending on what book you're at. That, to me, is a little bit crazy, honestly. Like, I, you know that I'm not going to pip the Packers too much if I can help it, but I'll just load up my fantasy, with, fantasy team with nothing but Packers. But they're, you know... I, I think that they'll cover this. They come off the bye. They're completely healthy. They literally won't have one guy miss this game, according to reports, that should that should play. Um, so that's pretty impressive. I think that they will make it interesting. I don't think that they're going to win. They can. Of course they can win the game. I mean, they've got Aaron Rodgers. They can do anything. But they, you know, they, I, I don't I don't think they will. I do think they'll cover, and that's that's my opinion on that. But as far as a lock of this second half of games, I think, you know, this game, no one's going to talk about it, but Cardinals, Niners, for some reason, the Cardinals are one point underdogs at home. I I know that you guys all watched Josh Rosen suck it up last week, but I'm telling you right now, Josh Rosen off the mat with my boy, Brian, Byron Leftwich at offensive coordinator. I think he gets things right. I expect the Cardinals to put up a bunch of points and I think they cover the one point underdog spread here and win that game outright. Wow. I yeah, it's, it's a tough one to, to get behind after seeing what we saw from Josh. I get Rosen, it. I get it. But the Niners, they could be without uh, Breida, Matt Breida, and, yeah. and also Pierre Garçon looks like he's not going to be able to go in this one as well. So not the Niners are going to be out with a couple weapons. Yeah, former classmate of mine. Uh, shout out Pierre. But, uh, but yeah, this this late slate uh, has got a couple good ones. I, I like, I do like the Packers to hang out in this one, or, or to hang tough, I should say. I think that. Uh, Getting those receivers back for Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big help. But the the two question marks in that game for me are the offensive line, which looked pretty terrible for most of the game against the Niners until it really came down to it, and that defense. I mean, the the run defense especially. Todd Gurley is going to be able to run all over the place with this uh, this offensive line in front of him. Obviously, Andrew Whitworth and and the boys over there in uh, L.A. have been doing an excellent job keeping – 
you know, the, the, the defensive line away from Todd Gurley, and he's been able to really have his way. So that's going to be the difference in this game. Uh, I think if the Packers can somehow protect Aaron Rodgers, he can make it interesting. Uh, but the game I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, and it's not the Niners-Cardinals, and it is a, a battle of two terrible teams, is this Raiders-Colts game. What do the Raiders do here? We're a week away from the trade deadline. If they can somehow stay competitive and make some noise in this game, I think they try to, you know, hang on to a lot of the pieces. And John Gruden has said that he's not going to trade anybody else. But, you know, Derek Carr's name's been thrown out there as somebody who could be traded. Uh, there's been talk of others on this Raiders team that, that could be on the move. But, you know, they're sitting at one and five. They're they're home in this game. The Colts have been, you know, very subpar. I don't, I don't, I don't think we expected them to do very much this season. But, you know, Andrew Luck coming back, you, you have some expectations expectations around that and they haven't looked great and they've been battling through injuries themselves so I'm as much as this game does not seem like one to keep an eye on it's one that's kind of caught my eye and I'm interested to see how things shake out in this one but uh it'll it'll be a fun weekend full of games I obviously we're right in the heart of the season so this is where teams start to separate themselves who's a playoff contender who's who's a pretender like the Dolphins have proven tonight but uh we will be watching uh very closely and we'll have a full report as to what took took place here on Sunday when we get back together on Monday Guys, let's get to it, by the way. We want to keep this sweet, short and sweet. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. What do you have? So if, if you're watching Sun- or Thursday Night Football, I should say I'm already excited for getting to Sunday here, uh, clearly. But if you're watching Thursday Night Football, this stat just blew my mind. That Frank Gore is the fourth leading rusher of all time. Uh, I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years if you would have given me, uh, I think even if you would have let me just pick every active running back, I wouldn't have thought that Frank Gore was fourth all time. Just a testament to him and how long he's been in the league and his ability to stay healthy and stay around. So shout out Frank Gore and uh, hopefully somebody else was as baffled by that stat as I was. Yeah, as awesome as that is, it's probably time for him to retire. I mean, he plays for the fledgling Dolphins and uh, he's... He's not uh, doing so well this year himself. He has had a 100-yard game this year, so that's pretty impressive. My oh, by the way, is going to be around Jimmy Butler, aren't you? I know this is your boy, uh, but uh, the Houston Rockets, of all people, still trying to make a move. Uh, they've offered four future first-round picks for the rights to Jimmy Butler and to bring him aboard. Obviously, Houston trying to keep up with the Golden State Warriors, and this would be a move that would give them a real opportunity to do it. Obviously, Butler is an all-star. He's great on the defensive side of the ball and he could score when you need him to. Uh, so this, this, this is very intriguing to me. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Minnesota is able to, you know, make a move here and, and put Jimmy Butler in a position to compete for a championship. So that's my, Oh, by the way, aren't you, why don't you take us home? That's a good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, here's yeah, definitely not my boy. I saw apparently on Reddit today, there was a crazy thing that makes me feel super old. So in college, I often played MVP Baseball 2005. Not sure if you guys played that or if you saw oh, this. Yeah. Ever heard of it? <laughs> um, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in MLB 2005 could construct a lineup consisting of this following lineup. Ready? Batting first, Dave Roberts. Batting second, Rocco Baldelli. Third, playing at third base, David Bell. Fourth, Alex Cora. Batting fifth, the catcher, Brad Osmus. Batting sixth, the first baseman, Aaron Boone. Betting seventh, the right fielder, Gabe Kapler. Betting eighth, DH, AJ Hinch. And ninth, shortstop, Craig Council. And wow. if that doesn't blow your mind, it's every one of those guys has either already ma- managed or is currently managing or is in the front office of a team. I believe every one of those guys are current managers of a baseball team after Rocco Baldelli today named the Twins manager. So, 
that made me feel old. I thought that was a really cool little nerdy stat or uh, screenshot that I saw. So thanks for making me feel old, Twitter. Definitely nerdy, but uh, very much respect for it. Uh, I, I I also played MVP baseball, and I think we both know that I could take you in it. So anytime you're ready, 100%. I'm down. Always willing to throw some video games on and uh, take on my boys. But uh, anything to add for the go no hit in, a, <laughs> in MVP 2005. So, yes, you could definitely beat me at that. Wow. Uh, okay. So no challenge, no challenge there. Uh, anything to add for the good of the group from either of you before we let our listeners get back to their weekend, by the way, on Wisconsin, I know you're going to the game on Saturday here in Chicago, Chicago's big 10 team. Yes. Uh, that's some exciting stuff. I'm going to try to see if I can make that happen myself, but anything to add Dan on you for the good of the group before we let our listeners get back to the weekend. Uh, for all you badgers out there, make sure you never have three drinks at Mondays this weekend. <laughs> I like it. For Anshu Khanna, for Dan Bauer, I'm Josh Dunn. This has been The Leftovers.